All right, guys, you're back with the Spice Cast. I'm Ben Joe. We have Dan Bullard doing our sound today, and uh, we've got Tay and Jay from uh, up uh, up around Tennessee parts, half from Fayetteville, half from uh, North Tennessee. And uh, thanks so much for driving down to meet with us. Well, thank you for having us. Our our far-reaching Tennessee Valley friends. <laughs> We're glad we can stretch out, you know, to the north as well as the south of Birmingham and cover our bases. But um, we've got uh, Taylor Hoke on guitar, and Jay Jernigan will be recording some tracks with us today on electric guitar. Uh, Taylor's been making albums for a good while now, right? Yeah. You hear him on a lot of uh, internet radio stations and broadcasts too, right? Yeah, it's actually, uh, I believe that the, the last count was that there was like, uh, you, my songs are on like about over 15,000 stations. Wow. <laughs> Most of it's in Europe though. There's a very, very few of them in the United States because the market for Americana music is much bigger in Europe than it is in the United States. Yeah, I've, I had a buddy who um, just played banjo and guitar stuff and he, he signed up with some label and got really big in like Holland or something. Right. And they called it trash music. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, whatever, roughly translated mm-hmm. to trash music for America. So it's like, I guess they... I don't know, but they love him over there. He's over there touring right now. So hey, go where go where they'll pl- go love where they'll you. Play it. Go That's go right. where they love you. That's it. Well, uh, thanks again uh, for coming, guys. Uh, when when did you guys connect and where and how to to play together? Um, actually, the first time that Jay played with me, um, I had been playing for a while and mm-hmm. had my first album was um already out, and. Um, we, the the person who had played lead guitar on the albums wasn't available to play on, uh, my CD release party. Okay. And, uh, my drummer, Eddie Russell, told me he had this friend, Jay Jernigan. He said, you'll love him. We'll have him come play. (laughs) I said, he's never even heard the songs. He's like, that'll be okay. That doesn't matter. (laughs) It'll be fine. He'll, you'll love him. And so Jay came and played at my CD release party, Mm mm-hmm. Even though we'd never played together, he hadn't heard the song, and he was he was awesome. He blew me away. I'm going to correct you. Uh, <laughs> I, I met I met you one time before that. I met you at a, a, <laughs> Taylor's a party making a very surprised face. Huh? Over on, over on show over on the show. At, that's at Mr., true. At Mr. Cooper's house. Yes, you did. That's true. I met Jake. I mean, that's we, the first time a, we met. It was cold. I, I it was I cold. Me, I don't blame you for, for forgetting. It was like. <laughs> So cold you forgot. And we were That's outside cold. playing. We were set up outside. Oh, playing. outside. And, okay. And, and so, and we met, and, and she, she starts playing these songs. And now this is in B flat, and and it's just really too cold. So just kind of follow along. So we were all in the dark, but uh, it was. It was <laughs> so you were in the dark and the freezing and cold. cold. You've never heard the songs, and, and it went great. Before. So it, wow, that's, I can that's understand why speaking pretty highly. <laughs> but but the first time we played formally together, <laughs> right. she's absolutely <laughs> correct that was about the first that. one. <laughs> CD release party. Yep, the other true. time was in the dark of the freezing, and yeah, no one knew who you're anybody right, was. And I, should remember, I do remember it now that you're running out. That's funny, because I totally... <laughs> I think I blocked that. I, yeah, yeah, well, I, I think I blocked you. that memory out, because it was... My hands hurt. It was so cold. It was like, you're trying to play, and your hands are shaking, and the strings are doing what they want to, because your hands aren't following your commands. It was freezing, yeah. That was that was funny. I totally forgot. <laughs> well, I always ask people about their first gig because there's always something interesting. At least I know that's not probably y'all's first gig at all, but <laughs> well, our, like I said, our first gig, first though, gig together, first gig yes. together. That was our first. Our, that was our first formal gig. Was it, was uh, at the, my CD release party? Mm-hmm. It was Which like, was at uh, the coffee. Was clutch. that the coffee clutch? That was that was your first CD you had ever released. Yes. Okay, and and when how long ago was that released? Four years ago, I think. Four or, four or five okay. years ago, something like four that. Years wow. ago. Four years ago. Four years ago sounds right. Like that. that feels right. Might I'm have not... been five, but somewhere around <laughs> that. I didn't, I didn't write, well. Strong four. It was about a year after you got out of the wheelchair. That's right. It was a year after I got out of the wheelchair, and that was in 2011, so it was 2012. No, so it was 2011 only... was when we started the album. Right. Okay. Right. No, so. Were you writing, like, when you were in the wheelchair? I mean... What happened with that? Um, actually, no. Um, I had to kind of relearn everything. Uh, oh my goodness! I had been playing for years. I'd been mm-hmm. playing since I was in the fifth grade and singing and writing songs and stuff. And um, uh, but I was also uh, I was also a contractor. I went all over the United States and we uh, worked on rebuilding um, landmarks and old historic homes really? and stuff like that. Yeah, it was huh. really fun and I, and I loved it. But uh, it destroyed my back basically mm. and. Um, I developed a uh, spinal disease and uh, it got so bad that uh, one morning I woke up and I couldn't move my legs at oh all on my left arm. And the doctors told me I would never walk again or play the guitar again. I said, that's it, you're done. And that was pretty hard. 
um, to say the least. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, I was in a wheelchair for five years, and uh, I finally just uh, I started reading about all these alternative medicines and alternative treatments mm -hmm. and different physical programs to help people who had the same disease that I, as I did to get back to some sort of walking and living again and uh, and slowly but surely actually the impetus for it is a kind of a, an interesting story I was living in uh, I was so depressed because like I said in a wheelchair yeah yeah me, you're done you I can't lost work all your anymore. music you lost all lost your my work. music yeah, lost my work everything. couldn't do anything and I was like I was so depressed I was living in La Honda California mm -hmm. and a uh, little house up in the redwoods and uh, right off the highway and uh, only eight miles from the ocean, which was gorgeous. Hmm. But I was stuck there, and I couldn't. I was so depressed because I was in this wheelchair and couldn't do anything that I was sitting at my house one night, and uh, Carol's asleep, and uh, the kids were off visiting their grandmother or something. So it's just me sitting in the living room, and um, <clears throat> I was actually counting out pills because I had figured out how many it would take oh my for me to die. Mm -hmm. I was that. It was horrible. And right as I'm putting down the last one, you know, like, okay, that's the last one. I'm, I'm ready now. Mm -hmm. Two guys, for whatever reason, suddenly crashed into my front door, started smashing on the door. Not like a French door with glass panes. And they were screaming, we're going to kill some queers. And they literally punched in the glass of my French door and reached in to start unlocking the door. Wow. And, uh... Something in me snapped, and with one arm, I got myself into my wheelchair mm -hmm. and got it moving across the floor, and just as the guy, first guy was stepping into the door, I smashed my wheelchair into the door and caught him between the door frame and the door, and I'm screaming the whole time, you know, for Carol, wake up, call the police, yeah, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. She comes running down the hall when she finally figures out that it's me yelling and not like a TV show or something. Oh, my she comes goodness. running down the hall with this baseball bat. Uh -huh. I, as she goes by me, I grab my the baseball bat with my one good arm, and I yell at her. I say, take, you know, call the police. And I took that bat, and I beat that guy with my uh -huh. one good arm. I beat him out the door. And, wow. Uh, she called the cops. The cops came, and they did find the guys, and they got arrested, you know, and all of that. But... And people say, oh, that's, what a horrible story. It's terrible. It's terrifying. Yeah. And I, I, but to this day, I thank God for those guys. Right. Because them being horrible broke me out of it and made me realize. Talk about a jolt, though. I'm not done. <laughs> I can protect my family. I can do something. I uh -huh. can protect myself. I'm not done. And at that point, that was like what I needed. And it jump-started yeah. me. And I started, that's when I started, just said, nope, I'm getting out of this wheelchair. And I started doing all this other stuff. And. It was grueling and it was horrible, but mm -hmm. I am walking again and I'm playing. And you're playing, again. yeah. Did, it, so you were down to one arm at that point, yeah. like wow. I could only use my right arm. I couldn't use my left arm at all, mm -hmm. and I couldn't use either legs, uh, either of my legs. So, so did you just gradually get that back as you? Yeah, did as I worked on it. Other that, you know, yeah. I've had surgeries, um, and I've and I've also done you know all different kinds of alternative medicine, and mm -hmm. uh, and it. Slowly, it took time. It was a very slow, yeah. gradual thing, and it was very difficult. But I'm I'm walking again. And so how did the how did the music come back when your uh, hands were good? Were you just right back into playing? Or when when I started being able to move my hand again, mm -hmm. um, I really I was like, oh, okay, I can move my hand. I'm gonna start playing, and it and it was strange, and I I still had to like learn how to play again instead mm -hmm. of playing. Up to what I used to play, I had to learn to play down to what I could now do. Right. Because I and I still don't have all of the motion and range and stuff that I had before. Mm -hmm. Certainly don't have the speed. It's like the signals all work slower or something. I don't know, but but <laughs> uh, but you know, it it came right. back enough that I could I could keep going and sense that I, it also motivated me to really work though on it and really get it back right. and really start writing. And I wrote. Where, did you write before that? Um, I did write some before mm -hmm. that, but not, you know, not nearly, I wasn't nearly as prolific as mm. after that. As after that, it was kind of like, this is what I'm going to do. Right. And Got to fight for it, too. Yeah, huh? and in, and in literally in like the last four years, I've probably written like 200, 300 songs. Oh. And before that, I'd probably written over that whole span since I was, you know, like in fifth grade, I'd probably written 200 songs. So mm -hmm. it's, you know, this... It was a huge, all of a sudden, very productive 
time for writing songs. So, and uh, and it got me to I'm gonna make an album. And wonderful, wonderful. And started doing that, and then once that album got made, um, it got the attention of some other people that helped me step into the uh, world class studio, which you know uh, mm-hmm. the Nuthouse is world class studio with with uh, amazing amazing people, and uh, and make my second album, and that's the one that's playing all over the second album's the one that's playing all over the, oh, okay. the world right now yeah well, so, wonderful so what pulled you over to tennessee was it the music or just work or n- no actually i um well i grew up in california mm-hmm. okay uh but i've lived all over the country um i've moved around for different different reasons i'd lived in alabama and florida and georgia mm-hmm. and, you know a bunch of different places uh but uh carol my wife had uh property that she'd uh, gotten from her father. And uh, when I moved up, I, when I met her and saw the property, I, I fell in love with it. And over the years of us traveling around and everything, we slowly built our home on that property with the idea that eventually that's mm-hmm. where we would live. So, you know, over about a 12-year period, we slowly, you know, every every summer it was like, okay, well, we'll go out there and we'll build the driveway this year. Right. You know, okay, a little well, bit now more. we'll go put the power in, you know. <laughs> It was one thing at a long time. Long time coming. Long time, but and uh, I just fell in love with the area. I love, I love where we There's live. There's a I lot of beautiful, beautiful places up there. there in Tennessee it's for gorgeous. sure. Yeah. Did it? Did it change your songwriting at all? Like moving around or being in different areas? Maybe um, different yeah, influences actually, from different musicians. Yeah, and yeah, it did. Um, I think that the more you play with different people and the more you move around, it can't help. Mm-hmm. But. You know, because every time, every time I play with somebody new, first time I play with Jay, every time I play with Jay, I learn something because he's amazing. <laughs> but um, I think you know, every time you play with somebody, they they do something or they sing a phrase in a certain way, and you're mm-hmm. like, "Wow, oh wow, that was really I've never heard that before. What was that?" Right? You know, <laughs> and uh, and so it, it it changes. It gives you different influences. I try to. Um, uh, that's something that people have asked me a lot is like, what genre is your music? And we umbrella it under Americana uh-huh. because that's the, which kind of has like grown out of the woodwork as a genre. Right. Like, I guess within the last year or two, I guess. Well, I know Americana music has been around for a while, but uh-huh. it's, it, it's th- a lot more either prevalent or heard think, of as a genre. It seems like, well, I think it's because they broadened what fits under Americana, uh-huh. you know, I mean, you don't, Tom Petty fits under Americana, mm-hmm. uh, Paul Simon fits under Americana, you know, and it's not like it's, people used to think of Americana only as uh, Bob basically Dylan. Bob Dylan folk music. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Or, uh, <coughs> and now it's got such a broad umbrella. I think that's why you're mm-hmm. seeing a, a much more, it being much more prevalent as a genre. But um, I try to bring in different influences, different things, you know, little rock and roll, a little absolute well, nashville's a great place to a little uh, bit of to uh, have or even that area because there's so many great musicians just living around there that you really play with some great people and different kinds of feelings i bet oh yeah the i think that uh just this area though that's something mm-hmm. that's definitely true like no matter where i went there's like you can always look for and find people that are playing music right but in living in this area is the easiest place yeah. <laughs> it's like everybody just about i mean it's like every third person you talk to or their best friend or, or their, their brother best, exactly <laughs> somebody around them plays an instrument you know it's like i have a party at my house and say bring your instruments and instead of you know two people showing up with a guitar who know a couple you don't of need songs, a, you don't need a stereo or anything no you've got 40 people and all of them brought their instruments and they can all just play. swap out when yeah. you get tired yeah. so. well good deal well what about this first track we're gonna hear uh what should i do you want to talk about that one um, okay, that was kind of uh, fun. It's uh, I started playing this this tune, and Jay was we were at practice. We were sitting in Jerry's basement, and we were practicing. Mm-hmm. Um, as we had just put the album out, and we were playing a bunch of gigs around supporting the album, and uh, I started fooling around with these notes, and Jay started playing with me. And I, I looked at him, I said, you like that? And he says, yeah, that's that's cool. So we started using it as kind of just a finger warm-up in practice. Uh-huh. And and then it was like, it, then I heard like another section to it. I was like, wow, okay, I think it's actually going to be a song. So I came back the next time and I and I played the, the <laughs> other section and, and Jay liked it a lot. Everybody liked it. And we started playing it. I still didn't have any lyrics. 
Uh huh. And uh, people started throwing me ideas for lyrics. You know, just I mean, things, all different kinds of things, and nothing sounds like, like it became your theme song. Yeah. <laughs> Tay and Jay's theme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so nothing kind of nothing kind of fit. And then all of a sudden, it was like I was looking around me, and it was like everybody I knew, somebody was getting married. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, whether it be their kid or uh, you know, their best friend or you know, whatever. And and then I was just going to all these weddings and I was sitting in all these weddings and I was looking around at people and I'm wondering what they're thinking. You know, some people are frowning and you're thinking, What? Do you think this guy's not good enough for her? Or do you think <laughs> this this girl's the wrong one for him? Or, you know, or oh man, that's my kid. They're making a horrible mistake. <laughs> I'm just you know, it started I started thinking about all those feelings that people have when they're Mm-hmm. Or the person who's sitting there and they're looking down thinking, it should have been me. I've loved her forever, no. but she'll never know now. You know? And and that's that's where the lyrics for that song came from, was just that yeah. I was being inundated by weddings. And I was kind of seeing these pictures of all the stories about people mm-hmm. living their life, finding different things, and, and then realizing that it's still this person and whatever. And that's where it came from. So. Wonderful. Well, this is Tay and Jay with What Should I Do? Alive and green and bursting bright But nothing feels quite right Cause I knew A place in you Where I could touch those dreams And make them true What should I do now When everything's going And all these good things have come to me But it's still you on my mind What should I do now As I watch my train come through And still realize I don't know how to write a song That's not about you But I'll bar the door the way you want 
me to Say I'm misconstrued Forget your eyes so blue Claim it as virtue That was Tay and Jay with What Should I Do Now? Uh, you can get this, or I'm sorry, not this track, but It Must Be Love, a newer release single next week on Howler.biz. They have like an indie like list, it looks like, and you by uh, downloading it for free next week, you can vote for Taylor here and Jay. <laughs> a vote of confidence for both of them. And uh, does that, does that like bring you up to an album or uh, uh, getting on a top list or something? Well, it's a, it's a charting list for the, he, Stephen puts out an indies pick list mm-hmm. and he's the, the current releases, he'll put them out on with a free, you can have a free download. And then from those downloads, they'll generate by the number of downloads, they generate a list as to who's doing, you know, what's the charting, uh-huh. charting on that indies list. By the downloads that are are free, so get a free download and vote for me. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome, yeah. And you can also find uh, Tay and Jay's stuff on Taylor's Facebook. That's Taylor and her band, correct? Yes. All right, and Spotify and iTunes in the future, but we really want you to download that and vote for her first. And it's free, so why not? <laughs> also, uh, so I wanted to ask you, Jay, uh, how'd you get started playing music in the very first place? Well, my grandmother was a sixth grade school teacher. And as such, she was well versed in many things. She uh, she knew math, she knew English, she knew music. And, okay. Uh, and so she exposed me to a lot of it at an early age. Uh, they tell me, I don't remember this, they tell me when I was about four years old that uh, uh, it was necessary to get ready for church on Sunday morning 30 minutes early so that I could hear Miss Elizabeth King play the organ prelude mm-hmm. before Sunday school. Uh, I had, I was not, I was not nice. To, I was not pleasant to be around if I didn't get to hear Miss Elizabeth play. <laughs> so I don't even remember that, but I, uh, my grandmother encouraged me, bought me my first guitar, uh, which was a cheapy. Uh, but, uh, after I got some calluses, I went and sold it and bought an electric guitar but I, uh, I guess the thing, the real turning point was when I got with a band and played uh, at a dance on the weekend at uh, the community center in Portland, Tennessee, and they paid me $15, okay? <laughs> all right. Which was as much money as I made all week long working on the farm. Okay, I grew up on a farm. Okay, right yeah. And I got more money for playing music one night than I had working all week on the farm. You had a ball doing it, huh? And you might say the die was cast at that point. <laughs> all right. Okay. And, uh, but I enjoyed it. I, you know, I'm, I mean, I enjoyed it. Um, I'm going to, if I may, I'm going to misquote, uh, I'm going to misquote somebody, uh, 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 Randy Bachman. Somebody asked, I, I'm not sure what the quote was, but somebody asked Randy Bachman what he would have been if he hadn't been a successful musician. You know, and his his reply was, "I would have been an unsuccessful musician." <laughs> so I guess either way, uh, you know, what you see is what you get. <laughs> well, you seem pretty comfortable, like uh, playing lead kind of style in a lot of these songs. When was when was the big change over from to, to the electric guitar and all that? You said you went out and bought one. Did you have to sell your acoustic yeah, to get the that electric? Was, we, you know, that was there was no such thing as owning more than one guitar at, uh-huh. know, at, at that age. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's too bad because uh, uh, that's too bad because it would have been you know probably would have been better if I had been able to have just bought another one and kept the old one. But uh, most of the time I had to trade, and um, I, I guess the the elect- the changeover to electric guitar came along about the time I heard the Beatles, or really mm-hmm. began to really understand what you know what I was hearing with the Beatles because I really I took up playing electric guitar because I wanted to play in a band. I mean, it wasn't because I wanted, you know, it wasn't 
any other expectations of, uh, you know, no illusions of grandeur, you know, no expectations of, of big money or, or, or anything like that. I wanted to play in a band. I wanted a group of people and, and we played together and, and we sang and I had, I played in an awful lot of horrible bands. I mean, I want you to know <laughs> there were some really terrible ones involved in the early days, but, uh, uh, by the time I was about 18, 19 years old, I had finally encountered some people that, uh, you know, I could hang with. We could all hang, and uh, that was good. And I and I'm gonna tell you something. I have learned as a as a as a musician, as a guitarist, uh, and probably it's probably true for anybody that plays any musical instrument. If you when you meet someone else who plays an instrument, you have just met someone that knows how to do something that you don't know how to do. <laughs> I don't anybody mm -hmm. beginners, mm -hmm. old timers, everybody. Okay, and um. Uh, uh, and, and that's that's true. I, I met Taylor's doing something. I'm like, how's she doing that? You know. <laughs> and uh, it's it's just, and it's it's an ongoing process. If you ever if you ever quit learning, you just might as well quit playing because you, you know it's. Yeah, and you, you, I feel like you when you play music with somebody else, you get to know them in a special way almost. Just because because of I mean playing gigs and rehearsing or being stuck in a studio just doing session work for hours on end, like really really pulls pulls you in every direction you know emotionally and mm -hmm. physically and all that stuff so you you get a bond with your with your fellow musicians well there is that there's definitely a bond i mean you start playing music with people you can't you can't help it i think mm, that, yeah. i think it's because <laughs> well you know you're sitting together and you have all these independent artists and they're all artists every mm -hmm. single one of them and yet everybody's sitting together playing something to generate something beautiful or something interesting and artistic and put it out into the universe, mm -hmm. you know, it's cause there it goes. And, and because you feel, you all feel that connection, that desire to do that. You can't help, but have some kind of a bond just because right. of that experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm, I play music all the time with, with people with whom I have nothing else in common. You're right. <laughs> and yet I feel like we have everything in common. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, and you can get along great on stage, right? <laughs> you, feel like, you feel like, well, we, yeah, we're, we, we got everything in common. And if you stop and think about it, it's like, no. No, <laughs> but no, that's okay. This, this is just this one thing, but that's, that's all, all right. we need. Yep. Well, good. So you guys got another track to play for us. Uh, I've Fallen Down. So, Taylor, you want to talk about this one? Is this another year creations? Yeah, this is a, it, it had never, we've never had a recording of this one already. It's a pretty new song. Um, all right. And uh, we love the debuts here. So. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was funny. I wrote this song uh, just kind of sitting on my, my favorite place to write music is my, my front porch. I have this mm -hmm. wonderful, great big screened in front porch. It's a great thing about the South. You can always yes. hang out on the porch. My wife calls it the chicken, the, the chicken aquarium. Because we have a whole bunch of roosters and chickens that roam around the yard, oh. so you sit in the porch and you look out and you're, you know. So you're kind of so in, in the aquarium for the chickens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, but I sit out there and that's my favorite place to write. And I'm, I was sitting uh -huh. out there and I'd been working at it, I was toying with an idea, and uh, for some lyrics that, uh, and then the music started to come and working and working, and then it finally, finally the song came together and it was like, and I was very excited about it, and. I named the song I've Fallen Down and it had this imagery and everything. And the, a week after I wrote it, I walked down the handicap ramp on the back of my house, oh, no. slipped, fell, oh. broke my two bones in my left leg, shattered it so bad that they had to go in, put, put a big old metal plate in oh, and a bunch Lord. of screws. I was in a cast. I was having to like, we were doing gigs and I'd literally have to wheel the wheelchair up to the stage and then sit down and then kind of drag myself across the stage and then have like Jay or somebody help me get up in the chair because I've got this great big old cast on my leg and everything. <laughs> it was horrible, but it was so funny because basically I debuted that song with the cast on my leg. I've written this it's song. Prop, I've fallen least. down. Uh, get it. I wrote it before, but it was a, you know, it was a premonition or so. Yeah, exactly. It's oh, a no. self-fulfilling prophecy. It was, but, uh, yeah. Just so. don't write any more about <laughs> slamming, <laughs> no, the, slamming your hand again. in the door or anything. <laughs> no, never again. Well, great deal. Well, let's hear it. It's uh, Taylor Hoke and Jay Jernigan. Let me say it right. With I've Fallen Down.
That's all I need to make me sing But once again I put it off for another day And I fall down Buried my passion under six feet of cold ground And I fall down So deep my screaming doesn't even make a sound
deep. Really dark, but you're supposed to laugh. Yeah, something like that. That's, that's <laughs> right. I have a face that was made for radio, I've been told. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're in the right spot then. Me too. I exactly. I'm in the right spot <laughs> All right, we're back with Tay and Jay. That was I've Fallen Down, recorded right here in uh, Spice Rack Studios. Um, I was wondering if you if you pull from I was I was just hearing that track before you told me the story about falling down afterwards. If you pulled from like that time um, stuck without your music and in the wheelchair and all that for some of your songs and stuff because it seems like a pretty important and life changing. I mean, obviously, but yeah, actually, I I do. That's there's a lot of that. In, in fact, in that song, there's a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that. The lyrics were kind of going into that it's it's a hard time for me to write about and that was what was kind of funny about that I mean funny not funny haha but funny weird was mm-hmm. that I did pull a lot of imagery and thought from going through that from that time and then to slip on my own handicap ramp break my leg and end up being back in a wheelchair uh-huh. for a couple of months it was uh, kind of brought it, it back it, almost. It huh? did. It very much mm. brought a lot of it back. It was actually very, uh, very scary. But it also allowed me to remember that this is not permanent. You can get back out of this. Mm, you can mm-hmm. Get back up and do it again. You'll be all right. So, <clears throat> and I and there's other songs that have it in there. Um, a song called one of the songs that's on this the album that's also it's it's already been released as a single is uh, the song Vanishing. And there's a lot, a lot of the imagery in Vanishing mm-hmm. comes from that period of time. Um, I actually wrote that song um, about the concept of doubt and mm. what it does to you, how you deal with it, how you reorder your life, the way you can change the way you think and 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 persevere and, and keep going. But it has a lot of that, that questioning. It's very much what made up the lyrics to that song was a lot of that period of time. I feel like um, probably like ninety percent of the the artists we get in here will say like yeah I, you know I was living in a truck or you know I'd lost my job or something like that it's like but I but you know I got twenty songs out of it you know yep. so it's like in that in that like dark trenches of 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 people's lives it seems like it you can get a lot of inspiration out of it and that's the amazing thing about music is you can pull some gold out of, all out of uh, some of that. I think that I think that, that that's true because the I think that the more things affect you emotionally, they're going to simply make mm-hmm. a better song for you. It's, if it affects you emotionally, that emotion is going to carry through in the song, and it'll make it a better song. Um, I have one of my my favorite quotes that I again I have no idea who said it, but <laughs> your bad decisions or my bad decisions make the best songs. You know, mm. basically that's and they do because you think about it. A lot of the times, it's that decision to do something that ends up in a a disaster or a great thing, uh-huh. either one, you know. But it they can they can give you the best material for songs, and it does. I, I've also found that it doesn't have to come from my life, which is nice. I mean, I can look around. Right. And, yeah. <laughs> so you I don't have to go through it every. You don't have to fall and break your leg every time you want a new right. song. But you know, <laughs> people that I care about or people that I see, mm-hmm. I can. Yeah. I can. If you can relate to what they're going through, or you or you feel for them, you can you can pull from them the inspiration for those songs too um like everything's fine which is mm-hmm. uh the like the, the hit song if you want to call it that on the uh on the the album it was pretty cool cuz it went from being on playing on two radio stations to playing on over 6500 radio stations in 24 hours wow so that was pretty cool <laughs> that's a um, jump yeah for sure yeah and uh and we did a video for it shot the video oh and, great uh, it's on you can see that on youtube it's Taylor Hoke, uh, everything's fine. Whole thing was shot in Fayetteville. That was a lot of fun. Awesome, but um, you know that was <clears throat> not my own experience. But looking around, at, we were driving through Huntsville actually, mm-hmm. and there was a, a homeless man standing on the corner, and he had a sign, and the sign said, "I used to be your neighbor," and it just pissed me off. Mm-hmm. You know, I had I had had I had had my time of living homeless. I actually, lived in a tent homeless for a year. And it's not any fun. Nobody does it that yeah. I've ever met because they want to. Mm-hmm. You know, they all have their story, and I and it, it just made me mad. So I wrote that song. So I think, like you said, it it things that affect you emotionally are the things that make the best songs. Although you can write songs that are just plain fun too. So <laughs> <laughs> we have one song. It's called "The Berry Men Madrigal." It's not a madrigal. Mm-hmm. But and it, and it's so funny because I wrote all these heavy songs about you know 
all these different things and, and all that. But the song that gets requested at our gigs <laughs> more than any other song is the uh-huh. Merriman Madrigal, which was just a, I was sitting with some friends and and we were snowed in in a cabin in the Sierra Nevada mountains and we couldn't go anywhere for like mm-hmm. three days. So we were just sitting around playing music and talking and we were talking about our favorite old movies. And I started talking about the fact that one of my favorite old movies was uh, Errol Flynn's Robin Hood. Okay. Uh-huh. Like, oh, it's a great movie. And we was like, yeah, but do you notice like that, you know, change clothes in every scene and blah, blah, blah. And from that came this song, The Merry Men's Madrigal, which is all about Robin Hood and his merry men. And I mean, that's the song that everybody, and it's just for fun, nothing heavy, mm-hmm. just for fun. And it's, and yeah, that's the song that everybody wants us to do. One night we were playing a gig at the Coffee Clutch and we had to play that song three times. That same song. I mean, we played it once. and, and enjoying it too much. And they're, people they're came in from outside. They were sitting on a bar. They've all got their, their beers up and they're singing because it's like a drinking song, you know? Oh, they, and it, there you go. Yeah. It just gets them riled up. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, we had to do that same song three times that night. They would not take no for an answer. So Very cool. So this uh, new album you're releasing in singles, uh, how big will the total album be when it's, when it's complete? Well, the album uh, will have... 12 songs. I think you're right. I think it's 12. <laughs> Is it increasing? <laughs> no, I think it's 12. Uh-huh. It might be 11, but it's probably going to be 12. Mm-hmm. So there so how go. far have you gotten on, on your release schedule so far? Um, This will be the fifth song we've released. Okay. So you're almost to the halfway point? Almost to the halfway point. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, are you still um, recording these songs? Are they pretty much all set in stone and no, you're just working them out? they're all recorded. Um, but we're not, but like I said, we're just releasing them one single at a time uh-huh. in a couple of months. And yeah, yeah. Single. That, Let them move the idea around. is hopefully that it generates by releasing them as singles. Hopefully, you generate enough interest. Yeah, that it it gives you enough opportunity mm-hmm. to make enough money so that then you can go back in the studio and make another one. Yeah, so, definitely. You know, yeah, and, that's the idea. <laughs> and if you release it as an album, boom, then it's out. If you mm-hmm. release it slowly over time, it gives you a little bit more time to build up that momentum. Uh, we'd really like to go to Europe where it's playing and. Do oh yeah, a, wonderful! A pub tour kind of thing over there, because that's where it's getting the most play. And so, you know, by releasing it, it gives us a, a larger window of opportunity to get all that together. Oh yeah, to actually make that happen. Oh cool! And you guys can vote um, for Taylor by going to was it Howler dot Howler Biz and click on the free download mm-hmm. next Wednesday, most likely loved. next probably week. next Wednesday. I think mm-hmm. it might be released Tuesday, but I know it'll be out by Wednesday. Great, great. Yeah, and when you do these single releases, you get to ex- get excited every time. It's you like, do. I it's really, really like this one. Ooh, you guys will like this one too, yeah. right? <laughs> well, cool. Well, uh, let's hear one more or another one from me. We got the the newest track coming up at the very end for us. But we've got Tay and Jay with Right Through Me. Something free 
from deep inside of me a piece of my soul It might bite sharp and I like the dark And I feel the touch of every hand As I stand, just as I am And why should I care at all When you found me I just started to crawl talk about uh right through me how it came came to be right through me is was a lot of fun um that song is actually and nobody at my at my gigs ever calls it right through me nobody knows the name of that song they call uh-huh. it the jack the ripper song that's what they call it <laughs> um which is accurate i uh i actually i was i love musicals old ones especially the dark ones mm-hmm. um like not necessarily old but dark okay um things like sweeney todd i love it okay uh-huh. and uh phantom of the opera you know i love them so i really wanted to write something that had like you know like a, the idea was it's a mini musical right this little cool, yeah. you know, four minute <laughs> musical uh-huh. and with all the imagery and i was thinking okay well what story do you want to use for your mini musical and i was thinking well i want it to be dark so I'll, what about jack the ripper ah, there's a lot of stuff done about jack the ripper i said not a love song from Jack the Ripper's point of view. So I wrote right through me to be, if Jack the Ripper wrote a love song, what would it sound like? Uh-huh. That was what it would sound like. <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. I, I love that song because it's, uh, because of that, it's just this, this, this twist on reality. If, you know, looking, trying to look at life and make a love song from this you know, uh, murderer's yeah, yeah. perspective. Did you did you come up with all the lyrics and stuff before you got the music to that one, or um, how does that usually work for your songs? Oh wow, it depends. Uh-huh. Uh, really, each song is different, um, but some songs I have to get all the music first before any lyrics. Come. Mm-hmm. Other songs I'll play two notes on the guitar, and suddenly there's you know all these words in my head, and it's like <laughs> oh wait 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 let me catch up, and I have to go you know, right find and get it, it down on, on paper before. <laughs> um, one time even I was sitting around and uh, I was. I was sitting at my porch and I had my guitar out and I was tired and kind of dragged out and having a bad day. And, but for some reason I happened to switch the recorder on mm-hmm. and I started playing this song and it just, I played and sang and it, it the whole song from wow. front, <laughs> from front to end. And it was like, I got finished and I realized what I had just done. It was like, I'm never going to remember it. And then I looked over and it was like, ah, oh, I turned the recorder on and then I had to back the technology. Recorder up thank you. And then write out the words and <laughs> right, learn the right. song that I yeah. just had just, I mean, it just yeah. came, but that's only, that's only happened once. But, <laughs> You're not but, always that lucky, but that was cool. You didn't have to break your leg for that one. No, I, I didn't have to break my leg. for that one. <laughs> But, uh, so it depends, but that one, I had the idea in my head and started playing around with it. And, mm-hmm. and then that, that boom, 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 boom 
was what came mm-hmm. to mind. I was like, how are you going to play that on the guitar? And as soon as I started doing that, then it was like, okay, now the words have to be like soft. They're, you're in love with this person and you're this guy who's hiding in the shadows and it just kind of mm-hmm. it just kind of flowed worked its that. way out <laughs> yeah. and then it goes into this section of the song which is very kind of like drackety and it's and it's discordant uh-huh. and it's like ah you know why should i care and i can just see jack the ripper out and he's slashing, slashing this person because <laughs> that's the oh, man that's the that's that part uh-huh. and i actually had a one more thing that was really interesting i met a dancer in huntsville uh, classical ballet dancer and, and then modern dance also and she heard the song and she said wow that would be a great would say, song that would, that would work dance routine really too. well with dance and yeah. all that so uh, that's one of my that's on my bucket list is to have a dance production done for that song mm-hmm. and that be the video if and when we ever really it will be on my next album oh great and then hopefully once it's on that album that, that will be what we use will be a dance for that so video. So you guys um do you, you host the Fayetteville open mic, right? That's correct. And that's at the Fayetteville Lincoln Arts Center. Fayetteville Lincoln Lincoln County Fayetteville blocks, Lincoln County Arts Center. Two blocks south of the square, right? I think I got it right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> In Fayetteville, Tennessee, and that's Thursday nights, seven to ten, right? Yeah, and that's on four thirty one. If you take four thirty one to uh-huh. Fayetteville from Huntsville, two blocks before you get to the square on your left hand side as you're going into downtown Fayetteville, mm-hmm. you'll see it. It's a big white building and we're in the basement. So do you guys uh, try out a lot of like new material there, kind of get a feel for it? And does that does that change end up changing your songs when you play them for other people? Um, yeah, actually, sometimes. Sometimes it's just like a confirmation of did that work or not. But yeah. Yeah, sometimes they're all nodding and you're like, okay. Okay, that worked. All right, yeah. Sometimes, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. But that is where we debut most of the songs. Because we uh-huh. do that. Jay comes in. We do that that show every Thursday night. And mm-hmm. uh uh, I've co-hosted with Ron Hackett, another musician from Fayetteville, and uh, totally different genres. He's a jazz musician. I'm Americana, and but that's good. You get it's, the spectrum. It's, it's great. Yeah, we actually the diversity is wonderful because it brings in people from all different genres, all different. Yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. Uh, and and we all just have a great time. It's kind of it's almost like a family environment. Lots of couches. It's real relaxed. You can awesome. bring your own stuff to drink if you want. You know, it's just uh, very relaxed. Chill out and hear some music. Right? Yeah. And we trade off. Sometimes Jay and I will open. One night Jay and I will open and Ron will close and then we'll flip it and then Ron will open and we'll close. And that's where we do debut most of the new material. Almost every week if I come in, in fact, they've asked me, hey, do you have a new song? It's like, not this week, but, you know, wait. And we'll <laughs> do it the next week. Or whatever. Yeah, and it, I think it's the same for comedians and a lot of performers. They'll go to these open mics and just find out what works. And so if you want to help people build new material and be a part of that you can go to these events in huntsville or tennessee or wherever your local you know awesome place to go is and be part of that uh whole art growth i don't even know how to explain it well it's like this undercurrent of people that i think people are they want something authentic Mm -hmm. you know you want something that's not i come home from work i'm sitting here i'm watching television again you know, they, a processed you, experience kind right. of thing. And it just go mm-hmm. and and you sit there and you never know what you're going to get. It's an open mic. Yeah. <laughs> you never know who's going to be there, uh, what they're going to play. And we have all genres of music get played. And mm-hmm. it's not just in because it's we are um, because we actually run it as our group is called the Fayetteville Lincoln County Performing Arts Association. Mm-hmm. And we encourage all performing arts. We've said, you know, people are welcome to come and read their poetry. They're welcome to come and do dramatic performance. They're welcome to, you know, uh, whatever. We've even had somebody come and belly dance once, you know, whatever they want to do. As long as it's a performing art, we encourage mm-hmm. it. Um, we ask that if people want to do, like if they're a singer and they don't play an instrument, they should check out the website or uh, Facebook, the Lincoln mm-hmm. County Arts Center. You can go to the Performing Arts Association and it'll give you all the information. But uh, we do ask that if you want to sing, you contact us. Because we'll hook you up with a musician, right? We'll right. learn the song and play it with you. Because we don't, we don't want to play uh, canned music. It's not karaoke. It's live music. So right, yeah. So, but we're more than happy if you've got a song you want to sing. Yeah, plus, you get all these songs, contacts instantly, right? right? <laughs> you come in and hook up, hook up with a, a musician who'll well, play awesome. your songs for you. So, well, good deal. Yeah, and you've got a. Uh, let's see. That's every Thursday night, seven to ten. Correct. In Fayetteville, and we're so happy. Our our last guests. 
Old Nick and the Gypsies, where Taylor hooked us up with them. We were so happy to have them on our last Spice cast. I guess it may be uh, the one before last, depending on how these come out. But <laughs> we're so happy that you brought us down. And we look forward to a lot more folks coming down from Tennessee. Oh, we, uh-huh. love, we love having you. So do you have any um, venues to point people towards in like the Tennessee area or North Alabama? Places you like to play or places people might want to check out? Um, tell them about the one you're doing in, uh, Nashville on Sundays. That's a long way off, but, um, there's, I do a blues jam occasionally. I'm not, I'm, uh, I occasionally guest host, let's put it that way. Uh-huh. Um, at a, at a blues jam at a, uh, a nice restaurant slash bar grill, whatever. in uh, in Nashville, Tennessee on, uh, Hermitage Avenue It's called the Twin Kegs 2. It's got to be a bar with a name like that, right? <laughs> but uh, they probably have beer. <laughs> uh, from from three to seven on Sunday afternoon, uh, there's right. a blues jam happening at three twenty seven Hermitage Avenue, Nashville, Tennessee. Twin Kegs too. If you're out and about, you might check it out. Yeah, CJ, <laughs> I'll probably be there. Yeah, um, we've got a lot of uh, it's, you know the summer season is starting, mm-hmm. and we've got uh, a lot of festivals and stuff like that that are happening up in. Uh, Fayetteville, Lynchburg, and that area that we'll be playing. I, I'll p- tell people to come on Thursday nights to the open mic if they're mm-hmm. interested. And I can start, we start handing out schedules for not just for where uh, Jay and I are playing, but like where uh, the Gypsies are playing. And uh, the different festivals that we're bringing people from our open mic to come and play at and all that. And if they're interested to come play at the open mic, get part of our family. And we keep our eyes open and our ears open for anything that's available and mm-hmm. pass that information on to all the people that show up so they know where to go and, and if they want to try and get a gig or play in a in a music festival or one of the arts crafts fairs things like that well, great great yeah we've already experienced that firsthand by getting in contact with you we've already found people up there so we're so happy to have you and uh about this new track this is a debut for y'all it must be love you want to talk about how that one came together and all that um yeah it must be love is uh it was fun uh like jay was saying that has a that song is actually on both of my albums on Uh the first album it was done as like this uh kind of a country very very uh like a bar in the middle of nowhere in the country Mm -hmm. kind of song where you've got you know somebody in the background playing an old honky-tonk piano kind of off to the side of the stage and you know maybe somebody else is up there with a uh, hitting that one string that's attached to a bucket or something. I mean, it was very. We had a lot of fun with it. In fact, even my uh, my oldest son, who was out visiting that week, I had him come in the studio, and he was one of the like four people that sang just whatever harmonies that came out along with it as we uh-huh. were in the studio that day. And we had a lot of fun with it. Um, but then when we went back into the studio to do my second album, um, we started we started playing. Uh, the song and mm-hmm. uh the lead guitar player who played the tracks on it uh will mcfarland he uh just he heard it rather than country-esque he's like this sounds more like a rockabilly song like an old 50s elvis kind of thing he started playing around with that and uh and that's so it just kind of evolved on this so on each album it's a very different rendition of that song a very uh-huh. different uh arrangement and sound to it um it's another one of those that uh, uh the people that we are regular fans that come to our shows they love this song uh-huh. we encourage them to like play their hand drums or shake their rattles or whatever Bang they the want to do play their glasses. Like and stuff. They, they have a good time with it uh so and it was funny it was one of those songs where uh because I did write it kind of as a country song, I had been accused of not writing country songs, right? You write folk songs and you write songs that are based on, you know, Celtic themes and stuff like that. Write us a country song. And so, like I said, originally I wrote it uh-huh. thinking country and then it kind of, it's just kind of evolved to what it is. It's not really, I don't know, country. It's, it's country-esque, but. Well, good. The new life of this song then. Yeah. And it'll be available next week on Howler.biz and, uh. All your stuff is is available on iTunes, right? Yeah, your iTunes, older and albums, Spotify, Spotify, good deal. And you're on Facebook, Taylor Na- Taylor and her band. Mm-hmm. You can also look me up at uh, Taylor S Hoke 
net, and I have a website at that. Okay. Um, at, and uh, can they uh, get in touch with you about booking and all that yes, stuff through can. there? There is a link for that. that Great. They can contact me. Uh, it'll send me a message about booking, et cetera. Um, and that's fact. Or they can send me a message on Facebook. And if they're interested, I get a lot of uh, a lot of messages from places around from that have heard about me and uh-huh. contacted me through Facebook. So, well, thanks again for coming, Tay and Jay, uh, in the studio here, and thanks for so much for playing with us too. Well, thanks for having us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, and we really appreciate that what y'all do. It's really amazing helping out all the different musicians in this area to know and connect with each other and all that. So. Thank you, and good luck with that. Yeah, it's, it's really come out of the woodwork. You just ask for it, and then <laughs> all sorts of uh, interesting... I Apparently, there's a huge metal scene around here. So I didn't listen to metal music, and then I started this thing, and then there's metal bands everywhere. Yep. Like, it's a huge thing. <laughs> I don't know, but it's cool stuff. But thanks again for coming. Um, this will be Tay and Jay playing It Must Be Love. You can hear it next week at Howler.biz. <laughs> of Spice Radio from Huntsville, Alabama. You guys know what you want, and you don't have to do too much to get it. Get with us at spice-radio.com. If you have a podcast, you make music or art, or you have an event that you want to promote in the Tennessee Valley, you can find us at www.facebook.com slash spiceradiohuntsville, or on Twitter at spiceradiohsv. And again, our website, spice-radio.com.